Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman, and this conversation is going to be sweet. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you uh, for just being honest to who you are. That's uh, that's all you can ever ask of anybody is just to be true to their conscience, true to the light that they have. That's uh, that's the beauty of our relationship, even with Christ, that He is growing us, and we are all pursuing Him. And uh, he's revealing more and more of who he is every day. So this show is called Roar, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. So it is, uh, it's an absolute blessing to, to share some things with you today. I'm going to read um, out of Deuteronomy chapter 12. And uh, <clears throat> it's going to be, I just want to share some things about it. It's not so much even specifically what's worded in the scripture, more than the heart behind it and some things that God's revealed to me in this regard. So when I am reading, especially in the Old Testament, there's a there's a way that your heart can receive things, being that we are in a new covenant. If you've been born again into, you know, the kingdom of God, we are not operating under the law like it was in the Old Testament. But nonetheless, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So how do we marry those two things? Well the key to that is Christ first and foremost but it's also how are we listening to him and w- why does he say what he says in the Old Testament? Why is it even required in the Bible? Why is it even given to us, you know, for edification and for teaching and for understanding if our new covenant doesn't, if it doesn't matter? Well, see, that's that's where this wonderful conversation hopefully is going to fill in some of the gaps here. So anyway, to get started, I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 12 here. I'm reading out of the voice and it says this. Um, There are regulations and judgments you must carefully obey in the land of the eternal God of your ancestors. It is going to live that you are going to live in for as long as you are alive. Completely destroy all the places where the nations you are going to conquer have worshipped their gods on mountain heights, on hilltops, under every leafy tree, realms of creation, the underworld, the physical world, the heavens in the absence of trees, carved poles that serve as portable tree shrines, honoring the goddess Asherah. So, first and foremost, these are the regulations and judgments. So he had just been like explaining all of the different things that the Israelites were to do. Um, And again, we are not judged by our actions. Christ was judged on the cross for us. That is absolutely foundational and amazing. However, let's hear why was there such strict guidelines for the children of Israel? Why was that a thing? Why did why did they need to have that? Why did they need to be, you know, so specific in how they uh they lived? Well, it's because to live in the presence of God and to live a life that is higher than just a carnal existence. There's just things that we have to change about our lives. There's habits we just can't have. There's mindsets and ways of thinking that we just, we don't, it's not, not that it is not an option, but like Paul said, I can do all things, but not everything is beneficial. Obviously I'm summarizing that scripture, but you know, not everything that I can, that I do is it's, it's going to produce something and see, we want to be as much 
um, producers, right? Because that was the point of man. He said, be fruitful, multiply, produce, you could say, and subdue the earth. So the existence for why people even are on the planet is for us to grow the image of who God is. I can grow the image of the fallen man, Adam, or I can grow the image of the heavenly man, Christ Jesus. And so there's things like we read here in the law, don't do this, don't, you know, maybe act this way. But why? Because those are all pinpointing heart issues of selfishness. You read the Ten Commandments. All of those commandments are attacking, if you want to use that word, or addressing or specifying. They're like targeted in on selfish behavior, on self-righteousness, and on a carnal way of thinking. Because all those commandments do is they basically force your hand to be a loving person, right? Why do you not lust after your neighbor's things? Why do you not murder somebody? It's like kind of forcing your hand to say, well, don't murder them. Why? Because if you love somebody, you're not going to murder them. But it's kind of creating these these walls, if you will, to keep the Israelites in the box of love when their carnal mind couldn't process some things, right? They weren't born again. But now that we have been born again, there is a new life that is that is planted. There's a seed of God himself that has been planted in your heart, a supernatural seed that it it can begin growing and the Holy Spirit cultivates things, you know, reading the word, prayer, all of these things that we exercise in our walk as a believer and follower of Christ, they begin to grow this seed of light and of truth of who we are, who God is, what the plan for the future is, what, you know, all of these questions that can try to, you know, distract, they all get answered when we allow these seed, the seed, excuse me, to grow. But again, these are the regulations, verse one of Deuteronomy 12 and judgments. So what is a regulation and a judgment? Well, it's decisions. If you make a judgment on something, you're making a clear, clean cut decision. You know, it's like, we're not doing that. Why? Well, that's the, that's my judgment on it. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to talk about those things. I'm not going to watch those things, listen to those things. Those are judgments. We all, as believers in the world, right, we can see something and someone else might, you know, address, look at something or listen to certain kind of music or watch a movie that maybe has some, you know, perversion in it or something that is, you know, not holy that if Jesus was sitting next to you, he probably wouldn't be in the movie theater. You know what I'm saying? Like someone else might do that and their conscience might not be there, but I'm responsible for my heart and stewarding what God's revealed to me in the light in my life and let that light and my own just actions speak and minister to other people and be the light of the world. That's how we begin to shine, right? All of these truths begin to kind of fall into place when we realize, why do I do what I do? Why was the law required? Well, the law was, again, like I said, it was kind of a forced direction of, okay, you're going to have to walk in love. If you do the law, you're going to love other people, whether you want to or not. But see, now that we're in Christ, we can love people not only just because we have to, because I'm a believer, but I get to, I have the opportunity. I now have love and the seed of love, right? The fruit of the spirit, all of those, that is a byproduct. They are fruit or a, um, something that comes from a loving life or a loving heart, right? Jesus in Matthew five, six, seven, he says, you've heard it said this, but I say to you, why was that kind of the flow that he got into? Well, because there was a law that was established that again, was like, the Bible calls it like the moon versus the sun. 
There's a reflection of glory. There is a light that is very clearly visible. But see the sun and the the weight and the power of a born again life and the new covenant that we have so outshines just the basically it's like you're bowling. It's like the little bumpers that come up if you've ever gone bowling and, you know, it keeps the ball kind of on track, but it doesn't mean you're going to get a strike. But see, now that we can become skilled, we have the word of God. We have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in our living in us. We've received him. We've been born again. We've received the spirit um, that, that resides. First Corinthians chapter six says, don't you know you are the temple or the house or the residing place of the Holy Spirit who is within you? So there's there's a residing of, of God's, you know, very word and spirit and, and wisdom that actually is available and we have access to the person of the Holy Spirit. We can ask questions of the Father. We can ask things and say, Lord, how does this work, God? We can we have open communication with God through the Holy Spirit. It's very, very awesome, awesome stuff. But that creates again, we now can can bowl a strike every time. We don't have to just hit the bumpers. Yes, in life, you know, we all make decisions. There's things that happen. We might be bumping off the bumpers a little bit, but we have the ability and there's a growing and a maturing process where we can hit a strike every single day where, you know, as to the best of my abilities today, I was clean to my heart. I was clean to my, my conscience is clear. I didn't violate anybody. I didn't lose it on anybody. I was able to, you know, I had self-control. I had patience. I had peace. I had wisdom on how to handle the the relationship on, or I, I had peace on how to handle a situation at work or with the kids or with my family or wherever the situation that arises, because there's plenty of decisions or judgments. Again, back to Deuteronomy 12, there are regulations or you could say just things you don't do. You just never cross that line. But then there's judgments and understanding that we have the ability to make clean, pure judgments with Christ is a is a truth and the truth that we need to hear and we need to let it just like permeate. It's something we can let permeate, excuse me, in our heart. It's something that I encourage you to, as you spend time in the Word, as you read, as you listen to teaching, as you listen to conversations, or you're going to church, you're getting fed from, you know, your pastor, and you're at the Bible study, or you're at prayer, or whatever, however you're interacting with the body of Christ even, allow the Holy Spirit to highlight and say, hey, this is something I want you to change this just one direction so that you're hitting a strike in that area of your life. You know, on that lane, you are just, you're going to nail it in your, all your relationships. You're just going to be hitting strikes. They're all going to be just amazing, life-giving, productive relationships. You know, you're going to, you're going to be able to do that. Just listen to, listen to me. Listen, like that kind of conversation with the Lord is one that can transform our lives. And again, bring things that seem kind of Oh, that's just a, a spiritual thing, or that's just the Christian thing, or that's, but take those things and actually bring them into your everyday life and allow it to make your judgments different. Allow the Word of God to change how you talk. Let it matter more than your opinion. Let it matter more than how you're feeling. And see, that takes submission, it takes humility, but even Christ, He's in the, 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 you know, the last garden. It's, it's been preached plenty of times. If you've heard the gospel, if you've been in church for any time, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've heard this story. Jesus, before he goes to the cross, right, he is he goes into a garden and he starts praying, right? He's, he's seeking the garden of Gethsemane and he's about to be betrayed, right? So he knows 
you know, the Holy Spirit, he's, he's aware that something's gone wrong. He's praying. And then his very closest friends who were supposed to be there with him to the end, they fall asleep. So not only is he dealing with the pressure, but he's also dealing with now abandonment, right? <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever felt like, man, I'm all alone in this, right? But yet, nevertheless, the Holy Spirit was there with him in the garden. He's dealing with all these emotions. And he even, you know, it's like he talks like, Lord, let this cup pass from me. You know, and then those very powerful words that he says, you know, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, even Christ, the king of the universe, had to humble himself and say, you know what, my emotions in this situation, I'm feeling tense. I'm feeling pressure. I'm feeling hurt right now. I'm feeling violated. I feel like something's something's wrong here. Even in that moment, he still chose, chose to submit to the Lord and follow the Father and the Holy Spirit whom he had and said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And see, that's when his judgment aligned with God. And that's when God was able to supernaturally now, because of that judgment he made, now he is king. He has been elevated, it says, above all. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So I just, you know, I pray that this blessed you. I pray this conversation just, you know, gave you a little bit of encouragement, something to think about. You know, how did Christ reveal himself? Well, he first revealed the Father, said, I came for this reason, to bear witness to the truth. So he bears witness of the Father, who the Father is, and uh, who truth is, and who pure light is, and how we were made in the very image of God. Love you guys, and I'll see you next time on Roar.